Hey, listeners. After five babies, I've changed a lot of diapers. And I have opinions about them. A lot of people think Pampers Cruisers 360 are best to use when your baby is older. But in my experience, they're the best diapers to use as soon as your baby starts standing or walking. That's because these diapers don't have ordinary diaper tabs. They have a unique 360-degree stretchy waistband that makes it so easy to change your wiggly baby who just can't stop moving. Just slide on to apply, rip the sides to remove, and roll everything up with the disposal tape on the back. Pampers Cruisers 360 offer a gap-free fit that is up to 100% leak-proof and just got even better with a new blowout barrier. And since these diapers stretch with your baby, your active baby can move all over the place, getting into everything as usual. Pampers Cruisers 360 are available in sizes 3 to 7 and now feature fun new prints. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Hi, this is Laura Vanderkam. I'm a mother of four, an author, journalist, and speaker. And this is Sarah Hart Unger. I'm a mother of three, practicing physician, and blogger on the side. We are two working parents who love our careers and our families. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. Here we talk about how real women manage work, family, and time for fun. From figuring out childcare to mapping out long-term career goals, we want you to get the most out of life. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. This is Laura. This is episode 99. We're going to be talking about having kids at different ages and stages and some of the complications that can introduce and also some of the cool parts as well. Partly by nature of having bigger families, you're going to wind up with kids at different ages. And we know a lot of people listening to this are are dealing with that or are considering Um, having families that might wind up with kids at different ages. And so uh, we thought it would be a great topic to discuss. We originally discussed this, Sarah and I, together in Miami. Um, This was one of our live episodes that unfortunately succumbed to the same fate as the frugal parenting one, namely our inability to turn our microphone on. Uh, We were just so excited to be in each other's presence that we decided not to do a tech check. In any case, here we are um, making good on, on this uh, recording, not in the same place, um, but hopefully our discussion will be better for having had it once before. Right, Sarah? Who knows? Maybe we will initiate regular rehearsals if these turn <laughs> yes, out to be exactly. 
of much higher quality. Well, I think we need to remind our listeners the ages and stages of our current broods, since not everybody keeps careful track. I have a seven-year-old entering second grade. Uh, that's Annabelle. Cameron is five and will go into kindergarten this year. And then Genevieve is 18 months old. Yeah. And I have Jasper, who's 12 and going into seventh grade. Sam, who is nine, turning 10 and going into fourth grade. Ruth, who is seven, turning eight and going into second grade. And Alex, who will be in preschool for another year. One of the cool things about our live recording was that I was able to view Laura's camp spreadsheet live. In fact, <laughs> it was so live. She was like, remember, don't say out loud where all my kids are this summer. <laughs> Any given week. Yes, I know. If we can list it all, like from June 17 to 21, they are here. <laughs> but it so. was actually really cool. I still think you need to create or share that template so that uh, our listeners can take advantage of filling out a camp spreadsheet of their own. Yeah. And Although Laura, you really don't need a template because it's just Excel <laughs> and it's true. very easy. <laughs> like Okay, true. But you know, sometimes people might not think of all the different, well, and you didn't even take advantage of full like color coding that you oh, no, could have done. No. This is this is basic Excel. I took like, you know, the very simple computer class in, in high school or whatever. I'm it was. envisioning a, a redo where we change the vacations to a color. And then when they're at the same camps, it's the same color. Ooh. So you can easily visualize. And it was really cool because I was able to see like there were a few weeks where three of Laura's kids were in one place and one was in the other. Um, there were weeks when the whole family was on vacation. And then there were some really scary weeks where it looked like everyone was going to be veering <laughs> off in separate directions. <laughs> I, I don't think we have went anywhere. All four are in different places. I, I, I think we avoided that. But yeah, no, I just have the names of the kids across the top. So there's four categories across the top, four columns. Uh, and then the weeks of the summer down the left-hand side, starting from when Alex was out of school because he was the first one out. And so he had a week of camp while the others were still in school. And then going through that. Uh, so, you know, it goes from sort of mid-June to Labor Day. And and what it just, it provides a very quick visual, you know, impression of the summer. And I, you know, I printed up copies for our nanny and for Michael. Um, the kids have looked at it too, because they don't remember where they're going. Like they asked for various camps, but they have no clue like which weeks of July that was, you know. And so they look at it saying, oh yeah. And then it helped me also figure out when our mommy days could be, um, because obviously, you know, it works better if the kid is not in camp that week. Um, if I you know want to do a full day trip with with each of the kids, but yeah, I I don't think I'd be able to keep it organized on just my calendar. I, I think it it helps to have the spreadsheet you know all in. No, in once I saw it, it made sense. Like it felt warranted. We didn't need one this summer because I kept it really simple. The two big kids are in one camp. Genevieve is still home, so this might be the last year with no spreadsheet. We'll have to see. Yeah. Well, I mean, two kids even you can like enter it in on account. I don't know. It's just by the time there are four people who have sort of their own interests. Yes. And I think that that makes a big difference too. If you know, you're just going to send all three to the exact same day camp with, you know, the same hours and one drop off and you're not going to do vacation in the middle of it, it's much less of a big deal. But as kids get older, as we'll talk about, their interests often diversify and things just are going to get more complex, at least if you let them. Yeah. When we originally recorded this episode, we had our, our introduction to it. But then in the intervening time between our recording that and discovering that the episode was gone and needing to re-record, Sarah wrote a blog post talking about the toddler age and mentioning a blog post she'd read by a different blogger who was talking about some of the challenges with, you know, early teen and preteen kids that you face. 
yes in those ages and and very dedicated best of both worlds listeners would recognize this blogger because she was a guest it was um oh never mind I think, oh no, she shares her blog name. I was going to say she's, she's, she's confidential, but she's not. Anyway, she was a podcast guest, but she talked about her blog um, while she was a guest. So there you go. And anyway, uh, with that digression, um, she talked about some challenges her big kids were going through. And I've always read her blog as kind of, I don't know, like looking at my future because her kids are a similar age spacing to mine. And I love her blog and I love the way she thinks and I love the way she writes and it's like a fun ride for me and it still is. But this post just made me think because she really talked about that classic adage of bigger kids, bigger problems, and how stressful certain things were becoming as her kids were getting older. And for some reason, as I was reading it, I was having, I don't know, some more stressful times very centered around my toddler. Not that she was doing anything particularly stressful, just that we had Caring some for a toddler is tough. I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess that's what it is. Caring yeah. for a, a toddler is tough. And I, I just, as I read her post, I got it. Like, I got that I'm not staying up at night stressing about Genevieve's, you know, internet habits. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but while I'm awake and she's awake, I'm not really doing anything other than, like, See, refereeing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I mean... Having kids sort of spanning both of this, because, you know, I have older kids who are online. I also have a, a younger kid who's still sort of like crazy in various toddlerish ways, even though he's he's getting a little bit older now. I don't know. I feel like you can acknowledge that various parts of any age can be challenging and there are various parts of any age that can be awesome. And I think the problem comes when people want to like have this narrative that whatever they are currently going through is like, the worst possible and other people just don't understand. I, I think that's where it gets a problem. Cause I think you can be then very frustrated as a mom of littles when somebody's telling you like, Oh, you should just enjoy when their kids are one and three, because you know, at least they're not crashing your car. And I mean, yes, that's true. But on the other hand, when your kids are old enough to crash your car, they're also old enough to get themselves places. And like, you don't have to wipe their bottoms. Like you don't have to feed them. Like the, you don't have to hover over them every second. Like there's just, Things that are, you know, positives and negatives about both aspects of it. I was thinking about it on my drive today, and I was thinking about your book and Off the Clock specifically, and about the experiencing self, not really the remembering self so much, but I find that from an experiencing self level, toddlers are much, much more difficult than, say, a preteen. Like, you're not going through your hours of your day in the present. I mean, maybe your 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 mind is wandering, distressing, but it's more like during those reflective times, right? Versus when you're kind of maybe at a family gathering with a toddler as I was this past weekend or just oh, whiling away the hours on minutes. Sunday. Like you're counting yeah, minutes. Yeah. Literally like, oh my God, when is my partner going to come home? I haven't spoken to an adult all day. I am trying to cook dinner, but every time I, you know, try to like relax for more than 30 seconds. She's the eating is... something out of the dustpan. I exactly. Mean... <laughs> and so I think that, I think they're just, they're almost not comparable challenges in a way. I mean, both involve kids, but they're very, very different. And in fact, there were even people who commented on my blog post today that kind of said things like, oh, yeah, like my seven-year-old, it's very stressful. Well, I have a seven-year-old and I have a five-year-old and I have a one-year-old or an 18-month-old. And for me, and maybe it's just my personality, I find the toddler parenting about 10 times more stressful, even though I actually love it too. It's we- it's like this weird 
I don't know, combination of things. No, I, I totally get it. <laughs> I, I totally get it. And I think, t- you know, toddlers are amazingly difficult. They make, make time go very slowly in some, you know, not so awesome ways. I think there's also, you know, the reality of you having to be on them all the time. And sometimes other people don't share that burden. Um, and this is, I, you know, I've, I've had this experience at extended family gatherings. Like I think that you, you went through this past weekend. Um, and you know, it's, you're watching the toddler the whole time. Everyone else is relaxing and enjoying themselves. And it's very lonely. It's isolating and it's boring as hell. And you know, it's, it's just, I think people forget that aspect of it. And I'm not saying like, you know, adolescents are a, you know, piece of cake, because of course they're not. Um, I probably am less inclined to talk about that just because as they get older, it's them. It, they have yeah. their own It's life. like their struggle that they yeah. may not They're not as much extensions about. of you in any way, shape or form. Um, they have their own life, their own, uh, you know, digital print or whatever. And and so I think part of what can be challenging is we, we're all out there talking about the toddler struggles. And so you definitely know you're going through stuff, whereas often, I think what people were reacting to with that blog post that you linked to, I mean, many people don't post about their adolescence challenges and things like that, partly because they are individual people that you may not wish to, you know, have out in the public eye. So um, I think that can be part of the isolating aspect of that, which, you know, you can maybe lean more on your in real life friends for for stuff like that and, and relatives and others who have gone through it. That might be a better um, support network than than the people you meet online. Yeah, that makes sense. No, and I'm in no way minimizing that and in no way um, arguing with her post. I mean, it was it was completely valid and it was her feelings. And she even wrote a very supportive comment on my blog talking about how, you know, for her, that was just her experience. And, you know, she actually didn't find parenting toddlers as challenging. So I do think that's also a personality thing, too. And some people are probably more gifted at it than others. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm I'm necessarily all that gifted in the uh, baby toddler department. I definitely like big kids better. And, uh, you know, I enjoy having conversations. I enjoy doing fun stuff with the bigger kids uh, that you just can't do as easily with, with littler ones. But we, we wanted to talk in this episode about some of the, the challenges of having a spread. So not not even so much, you know, big kids versus little kids, but... Because it's all hard. Because it's all, that. yeah. Each, each stage has its own fun and its own challenges. But if you happen to have kids in a different ages, either um, because you've spread them out, maybe that they are a blended family or whatever it is, how, how you deal with those various things. So you've been going through the, the difficulty of, you know, finding activities that everyone can do with, you know, the toddler and the yeah. big kids. Yeah. We're at that awkward stage. And again, I think that has a little more to do with toddler. I think maybe it's less of an issue when you've got maybe a similar spread, but maybe if my kids were five, 11 and nine, although even then, I think by the time you have a middle schooler, they may not be as excited about going to the zoo for the, you know, the 10th time during the summer. Like you can get a lot of mileage out of those places with the young ones. Um, but yeah, things like ice skating, uh, Annabelle's expressed a lot of interest in doing that, but I need to be able to take her kind of on her own, because that's not something I can bring um, Genevieve to. Or performances. Oh, my goodness. I refuse. I refuse to bring a toddler (laughs) to really any kind of performance lasting longer than five minutes. That's just torture. Mm, Recipe for misery. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And then vacations. I mean, our Disney cruise worked out really well. There's certain vacations that are sort of targeted um, to these situations. But yeah, that's that's been a tough one. And we are keeping things a little bit more low key this summer for that reason. I like your trick. 
The leaving one at home trick. <laughs> yeah, the leaving one at home. Well, that solves that problem right there. Um, yeah, so we sort of realized um, that our older kids were going to want to do things that we're just going to be miserable with our youngest. And so given that up until a certain point, he was certainly not going to remember um, being on like a 12 hour plane trip to Hawaii, but he was going to make us miserable on the 12 hour plane trip to Hawaii. We elected to not take him on some of our longer trips that would have been difficult with a, a younger one. So obviously many ways you can handle this. If you have a caregiver who stays overnight, maybe that person can cover it or extended family um, who might be willing to spend some special one-on-one time with a younger kid. You know, it, obviously not everyone can can do this. And I, I totally recognize that. But for us, it allowed us to have some of the upsides of having older children, like going to Yellowstone and hiking next to geothermal things that would have been a nightmare with a you know, kid who doesn't like to stay on paths. <laughs> so, Which the truth is, I mean, you only get one chance to make those childhood memories with any of your kids, right? So by denying your older kids those experiences because you can't do them with your younger is also giving something up. I think I didn't initially realized that when I heard about your adventures, but now that I am oh, no. in a more similar you situation. You're judging me. I'm the bad mom. <laughs> I was not judging you. I was just more like, could I do that? I don't know. Is allowed? Like, I, I yes, didn't... It's allowed. Pretty much everything allowed. is allowed. <laughs> That's a good point. Almost everything is allowed. But no, there is actually, I mean, you're giving up something if you don't go. Yeah. So, you know, you have to weigh the, the the positives and negatives there. And you're absolutely right that he would not have remembered that torturous trip to Hawaii. <laughs> yes. um, but even on a day-to-day basis, I mean, because you're dealing with the nap time phenomenon, right? Yes. The nap time, I mean, it's much better now that we're at one nap. The two naps, we abruptly changed to one nap probably earlier than was <laughs> uh, officially, you know, necessary just because the more naps you have in the day, the harder that is because you end up trying to structure things. And I end up in that age-old debate, like, do I try to protect the nap by, you know, messing with the older kids' schedule and what they want to do? Or is it better to, you know, just not worry about the nap at all and then kind of pay for it later? So I don't know. There's no right answer. It it varies. But but yeah, we're trying to figure things out as, as it goes. Yeah. I mean, it's, and some kids... I mean, kids are different with the nap and there are some kids who absolutely have to sleep at certain times in their crib or life falls apart. Um, My kids were never totally like that. So, you know, it's been a little bit more variable, but we, we definitely would, you know, split up the family on the weekends. One parent take the big kids to do something while the other stays home with the younger napping or we you know, when Alex was much younger, we would have uh, weekend sitters more regularly precisely for that reason. Because, you know, it's like a a toddler who wants to nap at a wrestling meet is just everything awful about that situation. (laughs) There's there's nothing good. Um, And I know people do it. Like I see other people's toddlers at at the wrestling meets and and they don't look happy. (laughs) I mean, I'm just, you know, I feel I feel bad for them, and I know that that's what they have to deal with. But since we, if are, it's avoidable, if it's avoidable, and since we're in a position where we could either hire a sitter, if people have extended family or neighbors, they might trade off or do playdates or something. But like, just you know, giving yourself the the space to not deal with that, and actually to be able to watch the big kid do their thing. You know, yeah, I'll be excited when our nap years are over, which is usually around three at our house. All right, we're going to take a quick break to welcome one of our sponsors once again. Laura is going to talk about better health. 
Yeah. So listeners, we know you're extremely busy. Um, we thank you for making time to listen to this podcast. But if there is something that is interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals, then, you know, you owe it to yourself to do something about that. And BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. You can connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. So it's incredibly convenient for people who are working and raising families and still want to prioritize their mental health. You can get help on your own time and at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions plus chat and text with your therapist. There are licensed professional counselors specialize in anything you would want to deal with. Um, just depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, trauma, anger, family conflicts, you name it. Anything you share is, of course, completely confidential. And if you decide you are unhappy with your counselor, you can change at any time and request a new one. You can start communicating in under 24 hours if you decide that this is something that you would like to do. And best of all, for Best of Both Worlds listeners, this is a truly affordable option. Best of Both Worlds podcast listeners will get 10% off your first month with discount code BESTOF. So if you've been thinking about looking into seeing a counselor, why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash bestof. That's B-E-S-T-O-F. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash bestof. We'd also like to welcome our uh, next sponsor, which is Meal Kit Delivery Service HelloFresh. Yeah, we want to tell you about this Meal Kit Delivery Service because we've both been trying it out. And it's been a lot of fun. HelloFresh makes conquering the kitchen a reality with deliciously simple recipes. So HelloFresh does all the meal planning, shopping, and prepping for you so you can focus on a healthier you and a happier family. You get fresh pre-measured ingredients and easy-to-follow six-step pictured recipe cards delivered to your door each week in a special insulated box. When we tried HelloFresh at our house, I put Sam and Ruth to work chopping veggies and mixing ingredients for the chicken pineapple quesadillas, and they were incredibly proud of themselves for being able to follow the instructions. So we're talking about kids at different ages and stages. This is definitely something that preteen kids can handle. Uh, the next night, my chef Jasper worked on the Tuscan sausage and pepper spaghetti, and he really liked it. All the meals come together in 30-minute max, call for less than two pots and pans, and require minimal cleanup. This was a huge plus in our house. We made some delicious chicken Caesar salad with the kids actually loved, and the next night had beef poblano tacos with kiwi salsa that was delicious. Mm, sounds good. For $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, you can go to HelloFresh.com slash best of 80 and enter promo code best of 80 that's hellofresh.com slash best of 80 b-e-s-t-o-f eight zero and enter the promo code best of 80 for 80 dollars off your first month so here's to making family dinners fuss free all right back to our discussion about the challenges uh that go with raising kids at different ages and stages now i know one thing we wanted to talk about was something that you thought was a little crazy right <laughs> yes i'm not judging i you know i'm not i'm not judging anyone however i thought it was interesting when sarah sent a note about how genevieve was going to be starting preschool in the fall um Genevieve, yes. recall, will be about 20 months old in the fall. Um, so I was just curious um, why one might do this. Uh, so, so Sarah, maybe you can explain that. I mean, I'm divided on it as well, to be completely honest. The school she's going to is a very dedicated and traditional Montessori program, and I love it. So I was excited about that. 
And she actually will not be the youngest one there because I believe they open up at 18 months. So maybe she'll be the second youngest. I don't know. I I actually was going to pull her out uh, last minute because all of a sudden I re- realized that the logistical challenges might not be worth um, the potential benefit and fun she could have in this environment. Josh felt very strongly that he wanted all of her. He felt like it worked for the other kids who did also attend school at a young age. Now, the other kids... That happened more by default because Annabelle had been in daycare, so we felt like the natural transition was to a school. And then when Annabelle was going to school, Cameron seemed excited and the school was right near our house, so it it was very uh, natural. This feels a little bit more, hmm, not forced, but... Contrived. Elaborate. (laughs) Contrived. Okay, that's that's the right word. However, I do kind of love the school. So my new plan is, yes, we've enrolled her. Um, I filled out a mound of paperwork and she's going to start. But if it turns out that two weeks in, we're still, you know, dealing with separation issues or it just seems like a big ordeal that's not worth it, we will pull her out and tell them um, nicely that we will send her the next year. And my thought is that if she's crying and unpleasant, they probably won't fight us too hard on that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we... We started Alex much later than the others, and and partly is because last year when he could have gone theoretically to preschool, he wasn't potty trained yet, but I guess we could have tried to, to push that. My three big kids were all in the same elementary school, and I was sort of like, this is beautiful. I have three kids in one school. I only have one set of parent teacher conferences, days off, fundraisers like, let me just roll with this. And, you know, we have, we have the nanny. So it's not like he needed to go somewhere. Um, They they did plenty of classes and all that good stuff. So we held off and then enrolled him in the fall. And of course, because he's sort of older starting, he adjusted to it quite well. There was no separation anxiety. In fact, remember we drove him the first day and I'm like, okay, Alex, here you go. You're going to preschool. And he's like, yeah, ran inside. He's <laughs> so, like, I've been ready for this for I've two been, years, I've mom. Been waiting <laughs> to go for the past year. So he, he had no issues with that uh, whatsoever. So yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's up to, we started Sam very young and it, not a daycare. It was a Montessori one too. And I think other kids really liked it. Sam did not. He refused to put his little slippers on like you were supposed to. He kept his jacket on the whole time so he could race out as soon as oh, somebody wow. came to get him. Um, so well, I'll report back by October. Or so yeah, let you all know I'm, how this I'm sure she'll love it. She's, she's a, probably a very gregarious little girl, and we'll we'll love it. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. So uh, all right, challenges. Yes, our, yeah, that was challenges. Right. And then our next category, in a more uplifting way, is. Theoretical challenges that haven't been so bad. Yeah. So room sharing. Yeah. Some of our kids are sharing rooms all on both of our sides. Uh, so you have your older kids sharing. So yes, I have the older kids sharing. Cross-gender. cross-gender. They're in bunk beds. No one's in puberty. I'm hoping they won't be for quite some time. And so my plan is to keep them together until it becomes awkward. And when that happens, I will either put the two younger ones together. I noted from an endo perspective, that boys are hormone-free for longer, so that may work. <laughs> and, then, and then potentially Annabelle and Genevieve, or maybe by then we'll move. Who knows? Yeah. Um, there's also a downstairs room that I guess if everyone was hating each other and we didn't need the office, someone could live there. I don't know. But yeah, it's it's been like a total non-issue. In fact, I would say it makes uh, bedtime a bit more efficient. Yeah. I love it. No, no, that's true. So my older two boys share. Uh, so Jasper, who's 12, and Sam, who's 9. And they've been sharing for the past like three years. Originally, we thought that Sam and Alex would share as soon as Alex was kind of old enough to sleep 
normally and all that good stuff. And so we bought a bunk bed for that room in anticipation of those two boys sharing. They're sort of temperamentally more matched too. Um, it's got the big closet. So that seemed like the room that they should share. Sam's stuff is all in there, like his clothes, but they cannot share a room. Alex snores for starters, which keeps Sam up. It also, he, he wakes up ridiculously early and he's ready to party and he wakes anyone else up who's in the room with him. And so we just kept the, you know, the big boys together sort of indefinitely, but poor Sam had been sleeping in this little trundle bed for like the past three years. And finally we realized like this situation is not changing anytime soon. So we bought him a real bed. So now he had that. Now there are two real beds in this room. They're at a somewhat strange angle configuration, but the upside of it is that there's a little reading nook like in the corner between the two beds. Um, So they've kind of enjoyed running with that and, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't see any real way around this um, because we don't have another. I mean, he could move. There's a downstairs bedroom, like you were saying, but it it's so far away. It's in the basement. Like, I, I don't really think it's the right solution. And maybe someday the basement could be like a hangout room, but not actually where he sleeps because that's weird. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. If he felt like he needed a bachelor pad or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem is like all the electronics are down there, right? So he'd be on the Xbox all oh, night. The ultimate bachelor And he could pad. also get okay. out of the house because there's, you know, a means of egress from the basement. So there's just all sorts oh, yeah, of no, reasons. That's not going to work. <laughs> Speaking of adolescent, yeah, adolescent <laughs> problems, like what I would discover <laughs> upon upon going to the, the basement. So yeah, probably that is that is not... But you'll figure something out. And I have this feeling that you're not like up at night worried about it. Like it's going to organically work. Yeah. And people have shared much smaller spaces and live to tell the tale. I mean, what do they do in New York City? I'm sure like everyone shares. Everyone shares. And I don't know, occasionally they're going to have, you know, sort of moments. So Jasper is away this week at something. And so Sam is getting the room to himself. And I'm like, just enjoy it while you have it. (laughs) And we'll, we'll see how this goes. So another sort of interesting challenge or not that we've been dealing with is the idea of family policies. Yes. We totally had family policies. Um, I like what age can you do X, right? Like that's, um, and I will note that uh, there was some bitterness that my little brother got to do whatever X is. And this idea of X is something. What was your X? I told you my X. Well, I just remember. Okay. So here's, you know, my, my sort of tale of woe. Um, I was watching Seinfeld one time as a teenager and my mom came in while I was watching it and they were making a joke that um, it was funny, but perhaps inappropriate. (laughs) And uh, she was like, you are not allowed to watch this. So off it went. Time passes. (laughs) I come home from college one time. I walk in the living room. My mom and my little brother, who is, of course, younger than I was at that time, are watching Seinfeld together, like, together, together, the sheer betrayal. That is bad. Yeah. I thought I was mad about not getting contacts at the same age. My sister, actually, I am mad about that. Parents, if you're listening, that wasn't nice. So (laughs) yeah, I I am determined to keep things very consistent between my children. If I've decided that whatever, 10 is the age for X, then I am keeping it 10 because it's not cool. (laughs) It's not cool. Yeah. I'm sure if I were a younger child, I would have the absolute opposite philosophy. It's like, but but I'm more mature. I can deal with it. (laughs) Whatever. Um, Yeah. So I mean, our current policy is like, you 
get a cell phone when you're 11, which now has been taken as like gospel, right? So the kids are, I mean, Sam has said multiple times, like, well, when I get my phone at age 11, so I guess that's what it is. And and I know some Seems kids, reasonable. I know now some you don't kids have to argue get about younger, it. but uh, I, I just don't see that that's, that's going to happen. But I actually feel like it's nice because now you set the line in the sand and then they're unlikely to, you know, keep asking. Yeah, I hope. <laughs> they may keep asking. Like, why wouldn't they keep asking? Like, true. Yeah. There are some benefits, though, to having kids spread apart in age. One we are slowly coming to is the idea of sibling babysitting. Tell me about the sibling this, babysitting. This mythical idea of the sibling yes. babysitting. So, you know, Jasper is 12. Um, and when I was 12, I was not only babysitting my younger brother, I was babysitting neighborhood children, you know, all the time. This is just, you know, like a business I was in. And, you know, I, I'm pretty sure no one's going to hire him to sit for their kids who isn't in our family. But the question is, could he stay with some of his siblings? Um, he can definitely stay home by himself. That's that's totally fine. So we this past weekend had him stay with Sam for a very short time. And it was fine. I mean, as far as I know, I mean, the house is still here. They're both still around. So clearly nothing went really wrong. I mean, it was more that I left to go to Target, like before Michael was on his way back from with Alex from soccer. So it was like really, I mean, you know, 20 minutes. Well, that's minutes. perfect. But it was you perfect can certainly cause... pilot it out in those little tiny chunks where it would kind of feel ridiculous to hire someone anyway. So. Yeah. And so I'm thinking maybe I'll try like going for a run or something while, you know, Ruth and Alex are out with somebody else or, you know, just something like that and see how it goes. And I think definitely staying with Sam is going to be fine. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Possibly Ruth. That may happen at some point. I think Alex still needs adult <laughs> supervision. I just, you know, you have to be willing to deal with certain things. And I'm not sure. You have to be like paying attention yeah. consistently. And he may not. He may not because he wants to watch TV or do whatever. So I don't know. We're, we're not quite there for that. You'll get there, though. You'll get there. And And you found that younger kids grow up faster though right I mean, it's yeah i guess i feel like in some regards um genevieve has seemed to she'll sort of copy her older siblings and do what they do and sometimes it feels like that's a slight advantage um i think i mentioned like going out somehow maybe it's just her i mean again these sort of n of one declarations of well <laughs> yes. toddlers the third kid does this but like, you know <laughs> exactly total anecdata but i feel like she's maybe a little easier in restaurants than the other two were at her age but maybe that's also just because she has the benefit of two older kids that are slightly entertaining yeah whereas annabelle just had two adults that Who were born not entertaining so, at all so yeah. yes no that can I, I think there may be something to that there's definitely um you you want to keep up though when you're the little kid and uh, yes. unless you draw your identity from being the baby which sometimes some kids do so that would be the counter to it because some kids that's their definite identity uh, but just for instance I mean Ruth really just figured out like riding her bike without the training wheels at about the same time Alex did because he so wanted to ride his bike without training wheels. And so he was willing to, you know, keep falling over um, <laughs> to make it happen. And if you're willing to fall like 50 times, you will learn to ride that bike. Um, oh, yes. So that that's what he did. And he, he had an eerily similar like timing thing. Yeah. Maybe that's, yeah, personality thing. And yeah. Who knows? That you're older. Like Annabelle, to, you, you're older. Yeah, like Annabelle learned and Cameron like basically learned at yeah. the same time. In fact, I think he got a little more proficient faster than she did. <laughs> well, it's the willing <laughs> to she fall doesn't like thing. to fall. Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. It's caution and versus recklessness. Yeah. So. 
But one thing we've both found um, is is cool for dealing with, you know, having, making sure you have time with older kids because younger kids will take a lot of your time and energy just by the nature of being very demanding as younger kids. Um, doing the mommy days, so you've you've now done this. Yes, and you hadn't, I actually, guess, yeah, we, we, this is perfect. Yeah. When we first record this, we hadn't, but actually, in the interim, we have. I did my very first set of dedicated mommy days, and that the kids knew they were going to happen. That it was just going to be one kid at a time. In fact, the other kid went to camp as usual, and then our nanny was here and took care of Genevieve. So. They got their own days, and man, we packed a lot in. We didn't do, I mean, Laura, you, you can talk about, like, you do tend have tended to do, like, day trips. We did stuff that was local, but, I mean, during Cameron's day, we um, went shopping for Legos, we saw a movie, we went and got ice cream, we went swimming. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, we did a lot, and on Annabelle's day, we baked cupcakes, we got our nails done, and we... I don't remember what else, but oh yeah, we made we made friendship bracelets. Oh, I taught her how to. We bought embroidery floss at Michaels, yeah. and I taught her how to make friendship bracelets. And we basically spent the whole day. Both kids had their choice of restaurants, so there was a lot of Panera because that's like <laughs> my kids' like favorite Panera. thing. Oh, Panera's great. Yeah, well, I mean, it could have been better worse. than I mean, a lot been, of things. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And um, yeah, they were. Chuck I think cheese. the kids were so happy to just have that attention all on them. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, no, I mean, I started doing this a couple of years ago in the summer, just doing you know one day with each of the big kids and. I mean, I remember the first one that I did, I think it was Ruth, and I took her to Hershey Park. And she must have been, I think she was four, you know, closing in on five, but she was definitely four years old at the time. And it was just, it was like magical. I mean, just have one kid. <laughs> but like, I mean, I know parents of of only children don't experience this constant bliss because like, then you have to entertain your kid all the time or you're like constantly making playdates, get them out of your hair. But when you have the siblings around all the time, then they're not used to it. So it's just this like, we can do whatever I want. Like we could just go to this ride. If I want to go to this ride, we could go to this restaurant. If I want to the eat there, like conflict, the lack, the lack of, of conflict fighting. was amazing. Um, so that was, that was really great. And I experienced the same thing with the others. So we've, we've kept doing it. And uh, some of them may be local this year. I, I think they've, they've toned down some of their requests, which is good. Cause I, you know, some of them are tough, but uh, you know, it's, it's still fun. So glad we've been doing it. <laughs> Yay. All right. Should we get to our Let's Q&A? To which our I feel Q&A. like we already answered halfway, so this will not take too long. It came from a reader of my blog, um, and it said, we are considering adding a third kid. Ours are currently 16 months and three years, and ideally we wait a little longer, but I just turned 39, and so we need to get going sooner rather than later if we do decide to go for it. I just read your old post um, from 2018 about the downsides of the third baby, and all of those really resonate with me. (laughs) Again, for the record, there are so many upsides that I felt like a post needed to be written on the downsides. I, I feel that the upsides fully outweigh the downsides times many, but you know, still good to talk about everything. Okay. Anyway, back to the post. I do not love the baby stage, the person writes, and I dread going through it again. And I expect that the first year would be really tough on all of us. So my question is, did things get any easier or better once Genevieve started being more toddler and less baby? And I think you can tell from my initial (laughs) part is that actually I I will add to this because the parts that I talked about did get a little harder. Like toddlers have a little bit more, you know, you can't just like throw them in an ergo and do whatever you were going to do. And you kind of have to be more careful about the nap time, et cetera, all the stuff we talked about already. But I will say, and I mentioned previously, my work life got a million times better once we were out of the baby stage. Now, you all know it was because in part of my obsessive need to pump. So, you know, there's that. You could not do you that. Not but do a that. lot of people yes. do get caught in that, that you know, 
loop, so I can't just tell you not to do it. And even if you're not pumping, babies wake up at night and you don't get a lot of sleep, and that makes it very hard to really focus and be your best self during the workday when you have to get up at a certain time. So I just feel like that part of my life is a million times better in the toddler stage, and and then oddly my weekends are maybe harder. So, But then I also mentioned to this um, writer that, you know, it's still short. In the baby stage is like a year. The toddler stage is really like two years kind of, maybe from ages one to three, but I even think two is easier than one and three is easier than two. Four is great and five in my mind is like the promised land. So really like <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's a, it's a trade-off that still has some wonderful positives to it um, in exchange for having a third person in your family, which if that is what you want and that is what felt right to us, is totally worth it. So yeah, one yeah. thing I do want to want to say here, because now I remember this from our, our original conversation when we recorded this before, like the point I made, I think part of what's getting her here is that she's got a 16 month old who's really draining. And the thought of being pregnant while dealing oh, with a 16 month old yeah. is what is making her a little bit true concerned about that. And that might get a little better in six months or so. Which so it maybe could get better in six months to a year. And so just because the fact that she turned 39, like I think she could give herself six more months at least to have a little bit more space because, you know, yes, we've all heard the statistics on declining fertility, but clearly she has demonstrated post 35 years old fertility. If she's had True. two babies Very after the age of 35, like Odds are, you know, it do, it hasn't fallen off a cliff in the last 16 months. So she probably can give herself another, you know, six months, get get herself to where the youngest one is two. And then maybe she might feel a little bit more willing to go through that um, when, when she's out of the stage where the baby may still be getting up at night or requiring her to chase around constantly. Maybe there'll be a little bit more mellow when the youngest is, is two. And then she might feel slightly more motivated about the whole pregnancy thing at that point. True. Although we've also said previously in other episodes, and I'm just because I know we've said it, which is that, you know, you can't plan on when you're going to have a baby. So it might take longer than you think. So sometimes it might take less long than you think, too. Well, we'll start because it'll take me six months. And then guess what? Tomorrow. <laughs> I know it's so hard to predict. And I do think there are benefits to having really close in age kids and there are benefits to spreading them out a little bit more. So it's like, there's no right answer. Go with your gut here. But I do agree with Laura that probably the urgency for a few months isn't isn't going to make a big difference. Yeah. yeah. All right. So love of the week. I got to admire Sarah's love of the week in person <laughs> when I was with her. <laughs> I was wearing my camper like wedge slingback things that I wear to work all the time. And I was just showing Laura how they were going strong after two years and I can walk in them and they do make me taller, but they're very, very comfortable. Like I can walk Annabelle you know, a mile to school in them and then still feel good in them at work. So they're kind of miracle shoes. The brand is Camper, C-A-M-P-E-R. I am, they are not yet a sponsor. Um, <laughs> I would like to, like to sign on. I'm sure I'd enjoy wearing them too. So yes. please send, um, but anyway, send pairs. <laughs> yes, that is my love of the week. Um, what about yours? Oh gosh, I think I had something and then I've totally forgotten what it was. Was it travel related? Was it travel related? It may have been. One fun thing I did last night is that I did a puzzle with each of my two older children who are home. So Sam and Ruth are home uh, this week and did puzzles. We, I think I'm sure I've mentioned like Crocodile Creek puzzles before as one yes. of the things that I enjoy. But I actually enjoyed putting the puzzles together with them so much that I went on Amazon and ordered more Crocodile Creek puzzles. So now we have... 
a slew of them arriving. Apparently, many, they now go up to how many pieces, pieces. Is like the right piece. So for... two hundred is good for doing in like an evening, like an hour okay. or forty-five minute event. So then your kids aren't bored if they're sort of seven, nine years old. Uh, they can do that. I enjoy a challenge, so I have ordered some five hundred piece. I may be on my own for those. Um, but, uh, the 200, well, if you have it out and kind of in progress, then maybe people will kind of join for, for bits and pieces. Maybe, yeah. We'll see. Not to use that pun. It's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> All right. We will end on that. Um, <laughs> I hope that everyone enjoyed this re- redone episode and that it was extra polished and it was even kind of fun to, to go through again. Yeah, so exactly. So yeah. All right. Well, this has been best of both worlds. Episode 99 talking about kids at different ages and stages. We will be back next week with more on making work and life fit together. Thanks for listening. You can find me, Sarah, at theshoebox.com or at the underscore shoebox on Instagram. And you can find me, Laura, at lauravandercam.com. This has been the Best of Both Worlds podcast. Please join us next time for more on making work and life work together. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.